Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm revving up for the new year, uh, not because I've slowed down on 2020. Um, I, I, I'm actually going to be more aggressive probably going into this year than ever before, only because it's just in my nature. It, and what I mean by that is, is I'm already hearing the chatter of, oh no, we're going to have a repeat of 2020. Oh no, it's getting worse and it's getting worse. I'm already hearing that. I'm like going, oh, okay, you bring it on because you, you want to go that way. I'm going to go bigger the other way. Because fear is not going to have a place here. And ultimately, you've got to get to the place where, listen, you you can't run and hide your whole life. We're not created to be that way. And ultimately, uh, you've got to make a decision to stand. You've got to make a decision to fight. You've got to make a decision to move forward. You've got to make a decision and not allow the world, which operates completely, totally, 100% by fear, manipulate you. Oh, oh, by the way, algorithm too. We don't even want to talk about that. We want to think everything is all, all, all right and everything is done with, with the understanding of everybody's voice. No, it isn't. It's done with manipulation. They're trying to manipulate you into belief, manipulate you into their desired actions, and you need to understand that. Don't go into life uh, thinking that these corporations are all about you. They're not at all. They're about power and money, and that's it. And the more power they have over you, the more control they have over you, which means ultimately they're going to get your money too. So you have to understand your position, your place, you're out there watching online. I'm glad you are. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not in the category of you're an elder, you are already dealing with all these sicknesses and diseases in your life already, you should be here. If you aren't in that category, you should be here. Because only thing stopping you is fear. And the, I, I'm listen. I get it at the beginning of this thing because it was something that we were being told was, was almost going to kill everybody. And I understand how going into this thing, we didn't know, we didn't have a clue. And, and, and you could tell by the, the different mandates or lack of mandates that were going at the beginning. At the very beginning, it was no mask. You don't need mask. Get, don't buy mask. And now you got to have a mask. Remember that? You guys remember? Or do we want to hide our heads in the sands and pretend all those, all those people that are supposed to be the top of their, their, their positions, we're stating this, but we don't want to remember those things or all the different times they flipped on us, flip-flop, 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 flip-flop. And these are the specialists that we're supposed to obey and follow and submit to. Listen, the truth is the truth. And it's sometimes the truth is hard to find. But if you dig, you will find it. You will find it. Don't just allow the world to say, this is that. And then we all go, bah, bah, bah. Listen, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. I'm going to listen to the words of Jesus, and I'm going to follow his voice, not the world's voice. Listen, I'm telling you right now, we can't allow fear to manipulate us. We can't. Now, again, I, like I said in the beginning, I understand the beginning of this thing. I understand going into this thing with, with a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge, and going through the process of, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go through this and, 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 and pray and stand in faith and, and, and go where it goes. But ultimately, it goes to the place where you're like going, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Again, the manipulation of truth is what's out there right now. And there's only one reason why. It's the control. That's it. And the sad thing is, is we're many believers 
are allowing it to control their lives. Again, like I said, I preface this. If you are dealing with sickness, if you're dealing with physical issues, I get it. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the healthy people, the ones that aren't even in a category of it's going to uh, uh, do anything as far as kill you sitting at home because you're scared. And that in itself is detrimental to your Christian walk. You can't allow, the Bible is consistent on saying, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, fear not. Isn't it in there? Yes, all over there, all over the word. So what, what do we need to understand? Well, my message is, is faith in the shadow of fear. Because I also want you to recognize that fear doesn't necessarily mean you have no faith. Fear does not mean you have no faith. Does the Bible say, sin not? I'm not gonna ask a raise of hands how many people sin because I don't need you to raise your hand. I already know y'all do, all right? It's a fact. But the Bible says what? Sin not. Does it not say that? It says fear not, sin not. Well, if it's telling us not to do something, it must mean that we have the ability to not do it. This is the issue at hand. Until we understand fear and sin in scripture, we can lose a battle that we weren't losing in the first place. We just assumed we lost, so we gave up. That's what I'm gonna talk about today because I believe with all my heart, everybody in there, everybody out there, I guarantee you, this word is going to set you free to a stronger position of faith because you have a greater understanding of fear. And that's so important. When you look at fear or not, what comes after the fear or not? And this is so important, the word of God. God is never going to tell you to not do something and not give you the power to be able to do that something. That's what I want you to understand. You're empowered for success. But it comes through the understanding of this word. The understanding and recognition that God is wanting you to have victory in every area of your life. He wants you to know that. He wants you to understand that. If you don't, you quit. You, you won't move forward in life if you feel that life is, is, is a loss. Life, there's no ability for success. There's no ability to win. There's no ability for a better marriage, a better, a be, a better home, a better you know, uh, uh, job, a better anything. If you have to settle. That, that's no life. That's not how we're created. And I want to stir you up this morning. I want you to get this word to start looking to the skies in the sense of not daydreaming, but recognize that our God has a great, great plan for your lives. That when he thinks about you, he has vision and hope and expectation for each and every one of you. And I know it can be difficult sometimes because our eyes are always on our failures. Our eyes are always on our problems. Our eyes are always on the negative. And you listen to it, you hear it, you see it. And the tendency is you start leaning that way. And I want you to break free. I want you to start leaning toward your freedom in Christ. Because that's what the scripture says. And this is what the Bible's trying to get us to understand. But it's up to us. We have to start believing. You have to start believing these words. And God has great things in store. There's always the pressure. There's always the battle. There's always something that's going to try to get you to quit. And then comes the package. Then comes the present. Psalms 23, I want us to look at just real quick because it makes a statement in here that's very, um, very powerful. But I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing because it's an awesome psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though, that, that, that's like a future preacher, by the way. 
just to let you know that. So when you hear that, just understand that ultimately he's going to end up behind this pulpit. All right. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of fear, I will not fear. I will not fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now notice what he says. Even though I walk on the top of the high mountains with clouds and stars and rain. No. You're walking in a place that's scary. I will not fear. Now I said in the very beginning, I said, the Bible says, do not fear. And it says, do not sin. And we all know that we've entered into sin even on Christmas day. But the truth is this, you have to understand the truth. And that's where our success lies, understanding truth. Because if it says don't sin, then we need to understand that there's this, this preceding sin that takes place that we either win or lose the battle. The Bible clearly states that Jesus was tempted in all points as we were. Jesus was what? Did Jesus sin? What? Was Jesus tempted in a whole lot of areas? Did Jesus sin? Huh? There's something to understand. Because what happens is, is we lose the battle at the temptation because we believe that we've already sinned. Now, believe me, there's the levels of temptation or the process through temptation that gets us caught. But what I believe with all my heart is, is that first contact of sin, the first part of the temptation. Think about this. That now, I, I, what I'm doing is I'm talking to people right now that we're, we're already past this. We're not, even, we're, we're, we're not at the beginnings of this. We're, we're already gone through it and we're in the middle of it and the last part of it. Because the first part has been played out so many times. But what I need you to do is I need you to get back to the beginning of truth. We've got to get back to the beginning of truth. Even though we're hardened in failure, we're hardened in, in sin, we're hardened in, in not overcoming temptation, uh, please hear what I'm saying because this is the issue with, with all of us as believers. We've already gone through life that's not filled with good things. And so we have this, this journey that's pretty messed up and we come in this new life and we're carrying a ton of baggage. And so it's simple to quit. It's simple to lose. It's simple to stop. It's simple to not fight. It's simple not to press in. It's simple because we've gone through it so long. Maybe not our stories, but all, every story we know of, of friends and family members. And it's filled with ugly. And I'm telling you, we've got to get back to truth and say, what does truth say? Okay, I get it. Yesterday, I wasn't living this way, but today is the day I'm living. I'm not living yesterday, and I'm not living tomorrow. I'm living right now, ahorita, right now. Right now, this is where I'm living, right now. So what do I need to do? Do I need to forget it, that it's now a new day and just say, you know what, well, my past. Or do I take a stand or sit down and say, I've got to recognize what truth says. Because this is the only way I get a new life, by truth. Jesus said, he who the Son sets free it's free indeed. But how many Christians, how many followers of Jesus can stand up and go, oh, I'm free. Not the fake Christianese. Oh, I'm free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not that one. The reality of, no, I'm free. And very far and few between. But that's not supposed to happen. The faith should be the ones that are walking in so much freedom. It's, it's disgusting. Those Christians, they're so free. But we're the most legalistic, bound up people on planet Earth. It's ugly. 
I mean, most Christians, before I became a Christian, I would look at it and go, I wonder what it would be like them. That's disgusting. The one that wasn't like those is the one that impacted my life. Just totally flipped my world upside down because he was a believer that didn't carry his Bible as a club or the information as a noose or trying to scare me into heaven. Yeah, you'll go out there, you get hit by a car and die, go to hell. You need Jesus. No, they don't do that. They don't say that. You need Jesus. They have to do that. And that's not true at all. I want the truth. Jesus was tempted. So I have to understand and recognize that temptation in that position is not sin. It's the action of the temptation that takes you through a process. What does that mean? That means today's your new day. Today's your new day because you've already been through the temptations. You've already failed yesterday, this morning, last night, last week. You're, you already failed. You already know that. You've been through it, done that, prayed and believed God, stand in faith, and, and it just, it's revolving door of failure. But now you're coming to this place where you're like going, God, I need answers. I need answers. I need help. And here's your help. He sent me to help you get free. And the only way I can do it is through truth. So the next time, not living based upon yesterday, but the next time, because it will be a next time, that temptation comes, you're going to take a stand. And you're going to go, no, it ain't sin. I haven't sinned. I have victory. Watch what happens. Because all of a sudden, you are now making a way for your escape. That's what God said. He said, when the temptation becomes so difficult, I can make a way of your out. In the Greek language, it never has the analogy or the picture of I'll open the door and you can run away from it and get away and run, run, run. It doesn't say that in the Greek. It literally says, I'll sustain you and empower you that when the temptation comes, you ain't going to crumble. That's your victory. That's your complete victory. Do you understand that? That's your victory. I can show you statistics. I have, I understand this proof just being a pastor and dealing with families. And the one thing that is so crystal clear in, in the home life, and again, this is a natural principle, are, are these truths that we're talking about. The ability to be able to get free quickly. Not go through this process of failure and failure and failure and hope for victory, but to get Freedom quickly. And when you get this understanding about the ability to have success in the temptation, this is not what we understand. We want freedom from, and there's my victory. And what I've seen in families, and statistically this is shown, is, is that when you are looking at this biblical principle, you look at the home and you say, what trains a child in the best way and best position for their success? Bailing them out or allowing them to be empowered to overcome their weakness. And I can tell you right now, brothers and sisters, that if you bail your children out, their lives are already lost. They will not have success in life. They will end up a statistic and not a good one. Not kinda, maybe, 100%. 100%. But if they're able to be empowered through wisdom, understanding, help, whatever's necessary to get them to recognize that they can be strengthened to overcome this area of weakness 
That's where their victory lies. Because when they empower themselves and get through it, that's where their success is. You're bailing them out, bailing them out. They'll never, never, ever, ever install life. And when life comes, they're gonna cheat, steal, end up in jail, prison, statistics. I mean, I'm telling you right now, it's not gonna be a good life for them. God knows how to treat his family. And he says, I want to help you win over temptation. I want to empower you that when temptation comes and it gets heavy, does it not? Come on, y'all, you know what I'm talking about. The temptation gets hard and you're going, the struggle's real and God goes, I'll empower you to overcome. But what are you gonna look at? What are you gonna pay attention to? Are you gonna pay attention to the failure and the loss or are you gonna pay attention to truth? And that's what I want everybody in here. We want victory, we wanna win, we want a better life. You know, we talk about fit for life coming and, and ah, we're like, ah, but we really honestly in our hearts, we wanna be healthy. We do. It's just, we spent some good time putting on this weight. We have some good time to make this body the way it is now. We've, you know, it's, it's and, and, and don't, get it, don't get me wrong, you know, you've been adding those, you know, tamales like, uh, it's, you know, a drink. Excuse me, I'm talking about myself right now. It's, <laughs> what are we having for breakfast? Tamales. What do we, we have supper yesterday? Tamales. Lunch? Tamales. I'm turning into a tamale right before everybody's eyes. <laughs> but it's crazy. But we don't eat tamales all year round. So it's like we got to catch up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. All I know is, is, is I'm tamaled out right now, to be honest with you. So uh, I just gotta get free from the tamales. The, the thing is, is, is once we start looking at this, you know, it's fun to laugh and it's fun to get excited, but that, that's the way we need to be. We need to be the position of more of a joy position than a sadness position. Because ultimately, the victory is in the joy but it's not waiting for good to happen then to be happy. It's a position of faith. And that's what Jesus wants to understand. We'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm gonna make a choice. The shadow of fear is there, but I'm not gonna be scared of my shadow. I'm not going to. I'm gonna walk the walk of faith. I have victory. I'm gonna win. But it's gonna take the word of God one of the dangers we have out there in life right now is, is fear comes a lot from the opinions of other people. We're worried about someone else's belief or thoughts or opinions. And Bible talks about the fear of men, the fear of people. And it says it, it talks quite a bit about it. And we're not to have any fear of people, fear of men out there, and that's a manipulation that's going on right now. We're fearful, we're worried, we're concerned. Oh, by the way, the loudest doesn't make the people true. And that's another thing we have to understand. Just because there's a lot of loud noise, ah, that doesn't make it true at all. We have a different life, different life mindset. I'm not gonna make you or force you. I'm gonna bring forth truth, but the decision's yours. And if you don't make that decision, well, you're going to hell. No, I'm just kidding. It just seems a good place to put that. I mean, your life might go that way, but I'm not, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, is no, honestly, it, it, it's not my place. You know, I've been, I've been through the, the, the person that's trying to manipulate and force you. That's not life. Christian or non-Christian, that's not life. That's giving someone empowerment over your life. And that's not, we're not created to live this way at all. That's what's so awesome about this faith. God is concerned about you. I know it's a tough pill to swallow. It's, it's difficult to realize that this God, the creator of everything, 
really is concerned about me personally. Like, who am I? I get that, because I've been through that. I've been through that, I mean, for years. Go through Bible college and still have this mindset of who am I? You, you go in the ministry and you have this mindset of who am I? And you, you can continue that pathway, but you'll never truly understand this truth without understanding who you really are to him. Because I have no doubt, if it was only about me here, Jesus would come for me. He'd come for you. That's what you have to understand. God so loved you that he gave Jesus. I know we throw in world, but we're, we're the definition of it. For God so loved you. And the picture of that is in the life of Jesus. He specifically went after people. He talked to the unlovely. He, he, he ate with sinners. He sat down with alcoholics. Are you hearing me? The people that, you know, you look at as you know, losers. He's out there spending time with these people. We go, well, it's just because Jesus, he was so filled with love. No. He was doing exactly what the Father was telling him to do. Jesus was that exact picture, image of the Father who sent his Son to die for us. That's pretty powerful. When you start looking in this manner, in the truth of God's Word, things start happening in here that change the outlook here. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the foundation of love is the key to your success in the supernatural. You have to get this. The foundation of love is the key for your success in the supernatural. And we want the supernatural. We want the spiritual to come alive in the physical. That's faith. That's hope. You hear what I'm saying? We want the manifestation of it to happen. Why? Because that's what God wants us to have in our lives. He wants us to operate in this type of life so the world can see. What will they see? It won't be me, per se, in the sense that I have power. Because I don't. No one does. Except through God, who empowers me. I mean, that's like looking at electricity and you're going, oh, look at the switch, the switch, look at the plugs, aren't they so, they're so important, the switch and plugs. And you're like going, no, they're just a conduit. They're just a place where that electricity is gonna run through. We don't glorify the switch or the plug, right? We don't do that, no. But the electricity, that's the key, is it not? Right. So I'm just a conduit of that power. You're just the conduit of the power. But is the switch getting on? Is the switch of faith being turned on? It's, it's something we have to look at. So I want to win. But I have to understand as well truth. And that is what? Faith is going to have a shadow of fear. Everybody understands that. When you start processing life, you start realizing, okay. I go through the times when I stood in faith I can tell you right now, there was always fear before the faith, always. The stance of faith had the, the battle of fear every time. I remember standing in faith for our two boys, actually our first boy and then our second boy. But the stance of faith was the fear that was preceded that for years. You can't have kids, specialist number one. You can't have kids, specialist number two. You can't have kids, specialist number three. A male clinic specialist. I can't have kids. But I want kids. We want to have kids. The Bible says we can have kids. So what am I going to do? Because the shadow of fear is real. I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death. So what am I going to do? Am I going to fear evil or fear not? What did it take? 
It didn't take something simple. I had to fight the good fight of faith. I had to take a stand. Pastor Lau and I had to believe. We had to get past all the opportunities because doctors are great at giving opportunities to be scared. And we had to go through and listen to everything that said, well, you know, it's very difficult. Well, you know, it might not happen. We're like going, you know what? We're going to stand in faith, believe God, and the end result going to be a baby girl. I mean, a baby boy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just joking. And what took place? We stood in faith and Daniel came forth. That's, an, that's a miracle. That's an impossibility. Well, how did it happen? It happened because I wasn't going to let the shadow of fear destroy my faith. Pastor Lau wasn't going to let the shadow of fear destroy our faith. And then going for number two was like, might as well. Heck, let's get that Maddie out here. And we went, we, we, it was like, you go through that battle and the second battle is like going, geez, this is, let's go for five or six of these things. Now we just chose two and that was it. But we're blessed. But it, it wasn't without the valley, the shadow. I need you to know this. Listen, that's a beautiful, beautiful story, and it's something that I'll, I'll never stop telling. But that's just one in my life. Because I've got so many, so many shadows of fear that I've had victory and overcame and won. And I'm going to tell you, it's not because pastor is titled before my name a lot of times. Because I believe. I'm a follower of Jesus and I believe. And it's been happening in my life since I started believing. So many different miracles, so many things happening in our lives. Small things, medium things, large things. But happen because we just made a decision we're going to believe. Families, parents. You gotta recognize that's your place as a follower. Believe beyond what you could ever ask or think. God's will for your life, for you to expect better and bigger. Because it's him that gets the glory. I'm not saying anything about it's because of me. It's because of my ability. It's not. The healings I've had, the miracles I've seen, the miracles I've had in my life. It ain't about me. It's about the belief that's what he wants you to understand. This is the big God we serve. You know, 1 Peter 4.12 says this. Dear friends, don't be bewildered or surprised when you go through the fiery trials ahead. For this is no strange, unusual thing that is going to happen to you. And what do we do as Christians? We freak out. We're like going, how could we? How could we have 2020? How could pandemic become a Christian? And we operate in an opposite way when we believe that way. We've got to get to a place where something like this happens. We're like going, oh, it's time to shine. It's time to shine. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the place of lack of understanding. But we don't just flip over to fear and quit. We've got to go through this process and going, well, you know, I'm not too clear on this and I might not be walking as I'm, uh, you know, getting it, but I'm going to keep moving forward in what I do know. And what I do know is all things work together for good. And that's what I believe. And I don't care what's happening. I'm going to have good operating in our lives. And that's going to be one of the threads in uh, next Sunday's message, especially for this ministry, because it, it, it's been a breakout year beyond breakouts. I'm telling you right now. And it's something where you look at and you go, well, I didn't have that. I don't know what to tell you. What did you want? Well, what I wanted was at the beginning and this happened and that's a problem. 
Because see, you should have still wanted it and fought for it in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, and now we're going to go into January. Are you going to still say the same way? Or are you going to say, you know what, enough's enough. That's what I believe you need to. Enough's enough. Take your stand now and let's turn this thing around now. Not wait, right now. And believe me, you guys, if you know me, you already know that I'm not talking about take a leap. Take a step forward. That's all I care about. I've never been a leap preacher. I'm a step forward. I mean, your victory is in just believing. Whatever that little thing you're believing, believe it and start taking a step forward. I don't believe in distance and time in the sense of success in a believer's walk at all. I don't establish that, well, you've been saved for a year, you should be here. I don't go that way. Thank God I don't go that way. And I'd be a very mean pastor because y'all screwed up already. I got a bunch of losers in my church. We'll never have victory. But that's not how life is, is it? No, every family in here has, has a different story on each one of their kids, a different story on, on the, the ages. And, and, you know, this one got to here and was talking, you know, at, at four months. And this one started talking at 14. I don't know what's going on. One's a boy, one's a girl. No, <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? In other words, you, you just can't, you can't tag someone or label someone based upon where they're at in their journey. It, it's, some people have better help than others, but they can't be judged. It's our lives to walk. And I know a lot of people's lives, man, they start off in failure, not because of them, but because their parents or lack of parents. And it's a sad thing to know. Sad, sad thing. But it, it's a cursed world. And that's why the church has to rise up to be able to give the orphan hope, to be able to, be able to give the, 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 the child that, that just has a mom or just has a, a grandma raising them and to give them hope. Because if we don't, the world will, but it'll be defined their way. We just can't have that. We're better than that. Amen. We're better than that. So he says, don't get weird or whacked out. That's my translation. Because something negative is happening. Don't freak out. Instead, in other words, here, act this way. Be really glad. Rejoice. Because these trials will make you partners with Christ in his suffering. And afterwards, you will have the wonderful joy of sharing his glory in that coming day when it will be displayed. What he's saying is this. Jesus went through hell and came on top victorious. But he didn't run around that shadow of death. He went through it. How? Because you can't tell me scripturally that it was something easy. As a matter of fact, he was asking the father, hey, is there another way? Jesus said that. Is there another way? This was a disconnect from the father in the sense of I only hear, do, and say what the father here does and says. He disconnected in this area where his soul was being tempted. And he asked the question. He didn't sin. He asked the question, is there another way? Just checking. God said, and he goes, all right, I see the temptation. Not my will, your will. Had victory. You can't tell me that wasn't there. It was there. He was being tempted and he overcome the temptation. But he asked the question. See, the, the loss wasn't in the asking the question. Had that point where he's just overcome and he's literally sweating blood. I mean, we can't ever, no one on this earth ever will be able to experience what he did. No one. It's, it's, it's impossible. So the, the stress and the, the, everything that was 
compounding, multiplying on him was beyond what we could ever imagine or think. But he overcame. I believe the father just like flashed your face in front of him. Supernaturally. And he looked, man, the joy set before me. I'll endure the cross. That joy set me. What was that? Probably your face. You were going to come and receive him. Go back to the father. I know it's a tough pill to swallow, huh? You, for your life. Yeah, look at all our lives. I don't see no Jesus in here. Jesus is over there, but he's not Jesus. Mom is just going over and beyond on that one. We'll name him Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> I want you to look at Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four, verse 35. On the same day, on the same what day? On the same day, Jesus spent all day long teaching his disciples the kingdom of God. Why? He's trying to get them to hear the truth about who they are, what they have, and their ability in this special kingdom. He's trying to get them to see the power of belief. The understanding of the supernatural when you can't figure out how a seed grows, but it will grow. And he's going through this whole process of showing them truths and truths and truths. And he, and he literally breaks down this information. And the disciples, can you imagine what's going on? Just hearing all this stuff and hearing all this stuff. And what should be happening is, is they're hearing and putting it into their heart. But we know it didn't happen in that way. They're hearing, but with not ears to hear. And that's why Jesus would make this comment. Do you have ears to hear? They all had ears, right? Everybody there had ears. If they didn't, Jesus would have laid hands and gave them ears. But the point is, is we all have ears and we all hear. But do we have ears to hear? Do we have a prepared heart for the information that's going to happen? Y'all know this. We, we talk, you know, we're talking Bible, we're talking in church. And, and so we get real spiritualized in the information. But this is natural principle. Remember you in school? Remember the kids that usually sat in the front rows? You know those kids? I, I was usually in the back row. But you know the kids? Unless they did, you know, where they did the seating by your name? No, I was usually in the back row because McCluskey usually is the back row. Okay, so I was always in the back row. I wanted to be smart. I just couldn't make it to the front. But they'd be up there, and what would their attitude be? They had ears to hear. They were prepared to learn something. Sometimes I wasn't. Too busy. Looking at wrong things and thinking about you know, La La Land and, and sports and you know, just just daydreaming and missing a lot of information because I didn't have ears to hear. Didn't have it, but some did. Why? Were they better than me? No. What was the difference? I mean, th these are kids from my neighborhood. So it wasn't like they lived on us, you know, some mansion on the mountain. They were same kids. Some were even more ghetto than me. And if you saw where I lived, you'd say, man, that's ghetto. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I, I'm, I, don't, I think of my house as some beautiful, nice house, and you, you pass that house, like going, you, got, you were there? That's scary. Yeah, I know. But that's where I grew up. The, the thing is, is we all were in this neighborhood, and we all went to this school. But some just had a different attitude. Receive. And so it helped them in their next level of life. I had to keep playing catch up. You guys understand? And see, this is what's happening. We're, we're going through life in the same way because we aren't making a choice to hear and to do. Because we're assuming doing means being perfect. And I'm telling you, that's the lie of religion. Doing means to be do. Just start somewhere. 
As long as you screw up trying to do it, good. You fall down trying to do it, good. That's success. And you can't tell me that anything in this life that we enjoy right now never had failure. Because it did multiplied amounts of failure before we had the success of what we have, whatever we're enjoying. Be it cars, lights, whatever. Failure after failure. But ultimately, success. That's a natural principle, which is spiritual truth, by the way. So what do we have to do? We have to fight to the finish. We gotta keep moving forward. You guys hearing me? We have to. On the same day we received all this awesome instruction, the evening had come and Jesus said, let's cross to the other side. Let's get in this boat and we'll go to the other side of the lake. We're going to the other side. A great, as they traveled with Jesus, a great windstorm arose. Okay? A great windstorm arose and the waves started to beat the boat. Waves happen because of wind. Water never goes, hmm, let's start making waves. There has to be something that's pushing or creating that. The winds started blowing and creating these massive waves, which literally started to fill the boat, crack it, and the disciples, honestly, with their whole heart, thought they were going to drown, die. That was their belief in the shadow of death. Now think about this. Let's process this. Let's go on a journey. Jesus is standing on this side with the disciples that just heard about the kingdom. He says, let's go to the boat and go to the other side. So he gets in the boat knowing that there's going to be a storm. He's Jesus. He knows there's going to be a storm. But his truth, his confession, his belief is the other side. He has a mandate. He has a directive. I got to get to the other side. He knows there's going to be a storm. So he gets in the boat. How many of you are going to get in the boat with Jesus if he gets in the boat? I know, right? Even if Jesus said, hey, there's going to be a storm, by the way. I'm getting in the boat with him. I don't care. I'm getting in the boat with him. Why? Because he's in the boat. You're in the boat. I'm in the boat. We're both in the boat. We're all in the boat. Isn't a wonderful boat? So they get off and they start going through, the, going through this water. The winds start coming. And this doesn't happen like that. It processes. It takes time. So they're going through this whole process of, you know, up and down, up, and all of a sudden water crashing in. And this little boat is now becoming a submarine. I mean, it's filling up. It's not going to make it. Jesus is asleep in the midst of this. Ever known someone that can sleep through anything? Don't they sort of like, man, that person, I would like to be like that. You ever known anybody like that? Anybody? You know people like that? You can point them out if you want to. I just want to. But the thing is, is, is Jesus is like going, it don't matter. He already knows what he said. He just taught his disciples all the information they need to have victory right now. Right now. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat in the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was asleep on the stern of the boat on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher! Do you not care? We're going to die. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in positions where I thought, man, this is, death's real close. It's not usually a happy time. It's not usually a time where you're really focused in on 
to cute and cuddly. It's usually the extreme, ah, we're going to die. So those disciples aren't, they probably didn't even go up to Jesus and go, excuse me, Savior. Wakey, wakey. I believe they grabbed hold of him and was shaking him because he's like, I don't know if he's snoring. I just figure I snore, he snores. <laughs> so we're going to die. You don't care. You don't care. You don't love us. Now, this is the picture. And you need to have this picture because it's a good one. In the boat, in the storm, he's asleep, and they're trying, they're waking him. Jesus arises and rebukes the wind. Notice what he did. He went after the exact thing that caused it. The exact thing. Remember Elijah when the, the, the was it Joshua the battle? Joshua in the battle and he stopped the sun. Remember that? He didn't say world, earth stop. He said sun stop. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, if you process this stuff, you, then it gives you science. It answers questions that they didn't even know about how this orbit happens and everything. And Joshua stopped the sun, which stopped everything. That was pretty interesting, made the day continue. But anyway, Jesus speaks to the wind. He's good at that. Know what we will do? Stop the waves, stop the waves, stop the waves, the waves, the waves. No, it ain't the wind. And that's what we do in life. We look at the object that's not what we should be attacking. Why? Because it's how we do things. Listen, I know we're reading it and we're like on armchair quarterbacks. No, I would have done this way. No, you wouldn't. And that's what we need to understand. This Bible's giving us truth. There's a time when you're going to have to allow the Lord to show you, to let him speak the wisdoms the information that you need, spending time with him, hearing him. And he'll get you to pinpoint exactly what you need to be fighting. Not flesh and blood. There's, there's a wind blowing that nasty person. There's something affecting them. And you need to pray that for that. I'm telling you, it's this stuff works. If we can get it, oh my gosh. Peace be still and the wind cease and great calm came. Isn't that awesome? And then Jesus said, and that was scary, wasn't it? No. What did he say? What was the, what's the first thing he said? He said, why are you fearful? I can understand why he's making the comment because he just spent hours with them, giving the ability to be strong and overcome fear. And his first statement is, why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? And this is something so important to see because what we're looking at is a beautiful picture of truth that we ourselves need to understand. Because fear is going to exempt your faith. It's going to cross it out. And faith is what, faith is the only thing that you need operating your life for things to turn around, for things to change. Faith. That's it. That's the only thing you need. Faith. Can you believe? And even Jesus said, all things are possible. All things are possible to those who believe. That belief is, is more than just a supernatural action. That belief's information. That believes truths that help you get through something, overcome something, have victory over this addiction or whatever you're dealing with. That information can help you, empower you to have victory. And that's what's so beautiful about this thing. God is not waving wands just to, okay, it's all better. He's wanting you to be better tomorrow. And better tomorrow needs, it, it demands the information of success today. 
It demands the ability to go, okay, what was it? What information? What did I do? What did I have? What is it that, I, that, that it took to win over here? So tomorrow, I'll carry it in. I'll bring that same stuff with me. And we'll win. We'll have victory. We'll have success. But if I'm getting bailed out, I'm a spoiled, rotten rat. Just a spoiled little baby that ultimately, like I tell everybody, Ultimately, I'm that baby that says, I hate you and hit you when I'm only three years old at Safeway. I'm going to let go and smack you. Oh, you guys have seen kids like that. How come? Just having a bad day? No. It's because they've been being bailed out and they're constantly bailed out. And they will. I, listen. I'm 100% correct on this, and I'm always correct on this. And I tell parents this all the time, and I've done it for over 35 years. If you don't take care of this issue now, they're going to say, I hate you. And there's nothing worse in a parent's life ever that they could go through to have one of their children that they brought into this life look at them in the face and say, I hate you. And by the way, Scripture says it's going to happen. That's why I know I'm 100% right. And when I talk to parents and I say, listen, I'm just saying this out of love. Usually when I'm talking to a parent like that, they're blowing me away. The end result is, is what I've seen over the years of ministry. Sad thing to know that I'm right. And that kid does say, I hate you. Nothing like it. You want to spoil? That's exactly what you're going to get. You've got to understand, it's in the nature. If you'd use a little wisdom, pay attention to life, you'd realize kids don't have to be taught how to go, no, mine! Ah! They don't have to be taught. I never had to go to Daniel. Come here. Come here, buddy. Ready? One, two, three. No! No, come on, do it, do it louder. One, two, three. No! That's it. You're getting it. Pass that test. All right, let's go to the next one. Ready? When I have this, you're going to grab it and go, mine, mine. I never had to teach him anything. He... It, that's how kids are. And if you don't do anything about it, they will become a statistic. And you can try to quote, love them the better, you got to understand your definition of love is what created this monster. Your definition. Come on. Mom up. Papa up. Man up. Woman up. Train the child into the way she's control. And we want to throw out that scripture one way, but I'm telling you right now, parents, Y'all are training your kid. Doesn't mean it's right, but you are training your kid. And that's a fact. Why are you so fearful? That's what he said. Why are you so fearful? Where's your faith? I look at this thing and I think, you know, my question is, is the question. And I do this. I, I go through this process and it's, of it's what I would look at it as is the reason why I do it. Could be that one year in psychology I had in junior college. I don't know. Didn't pay attention in there either. But anyway, I look through these things and I, I try to investigate scripture. Because I, I want to know. But I don't take information just because it's being written or read. I want the story. I want the, the whole feeling of this. So years ago, I just started doing this. I, and, and I make this comment quite a bit that what has helped me the most in my personal walk was when I made the scripture personal. And so I started relating in that manner of scripture being personal means that I've got to become more engaged in the message because if it's personal, I'm, I'm getting past the, the words. I'm getting into the person, right? Isn't this true? And so I start getting into this and I start realizing, okay, 
Here he's asking a question, and my thought is, is, are you kidding me? I mean, why are you so fearful? Because we're about to die. Is this factual? We're not talking about people that are going, oh, it's raining, we're gonna die. We're talking about people that have seen death on the waters, that have seen floating bodies because of storms. We're talking about people that know that they know that they know this is an equation that we will die. This is a picture of death. And they're waking Jesus up and saying, we are going to die. Don't you care? You don't say that to Jesus unless you believe with all your heart that death is knocking at the door. And that's exactly what's happening. They believe with all their heart, we're going to die. And I believe with all my heart, they were going to die if something didn't happen. And guess what? Jesus knew that. And he still asked the question, why did you fear? That leads me to a whole different level of understanding. Because I know Jesus through his word that everything he does is based in and out of love and for the desire for their success. So he's not going to ask them a question that wasn't correct in asking. It's our emotions. It's our feelings. It's our past that gets in the way of the question. How dare you ask me why I'm scared? Because I know what happens in this storm. And that's what we do right now. We are going through life with all the reasons why it should be this way. We're putting ABC together, one, two, three, and we're dictating to God, this is the end. And he comes back with something that's totally opposite of what we've already predetermined. It ain't gonna work. And that's why people quit, fail, lose, most everything. Because that's how we view life. And now I look at that question, I say, good one. I need to wake myself up in the midst of the shadow of death and not fear because that's what the Lord wants me to do. That's what the Father wants me to do because there is going to be that stuff out there and we're going to go through the rains and floods and winds and we're gonna have pressures and there's gonna be a pandemic and there's gonna be another one because this is what history has taught us. There's always wars and rumors of wars. So what are you gonna do? Because of your living in this time frame now, you're just gonna quit, die, roll over, play dead? Or are you gonna fight? The, are you gonna stand up and say, you know what, enough's enough. This is my day. And I'm not going to succumb to my past and not going to, I'm not going to get manipulated by a future. I'm going to live today correctly and have victory in my day. And when Jesus said, why do you fear? I'm going to say, I, I don't know, but can you help me? Show me so I can get over this because I want to win. I want to get in this boat. And when the storm comes, I want to cuddle up right next to you, Jesus, knowing that I'm getting to the other side. While the storm is going, while the winds are blowing, Jesus, I know for a fact, if we're sinking and ultimately go under, I'm going to have, I'm going to have gills. Because we're going to the other side. That's your word. That's what your word said. We will get to the other side. What are we going to do? We've got to make a recognition and understand that it's time for us to take that step and start moving forward. And we only do it through the information that we receive. You have ears to hear. You have ears to hear. I'm making that determination. That's what I'm going to do. Today's a great day. and Tomorrow will be better because of how I believe today is. My past is just that. It's the past. Can you guys believe that with me? Can you believe that out there with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for the information. And I believe with all my heart that it's gone forth into hearing ears. I also believe, Father, that as that word has gone forth, it's awakened people in the body of Christ. It's awakened our church to realize we have a responsibility to live and not exist in life, but to live life. 
the love life. And so, Father, I thank you that you empower all those that heard and those that in the future will hear this word as it goes out there on the airwaves through YouTube. And Father, I thank you right now for victory and success that we are going to hear of reports because of people changing their way and how they view life and looking through the eyes of your word, your truth over the eyes of the world. Thank you, Father, for the strength and empowerment in our lives. And we thank you for our lives today and what you have in store for us in the future. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.